As always, a big thank you to Myrie Green for her music, her composition, Passing Places. You can find out more about Myrie Green and her music at myriegreen.com or follow links to her website from the front page of www.bonnytours.com. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Passing Places. If you're a regular listener, you're really welcome. Uh, Welcome back. And if you're new to Passing Places, I usually say every week it's my personal diaries of my travels around Scotland, normally in my motorhome, but also by motorcycle and with some hill walking thrown in for good measure. So the main focus of this week's episode is a fantastic chat with Joyce and Carlo about their Highland adventure, their recent vacation in Scotland. I had a really good conversation with them on Skype the other evening and it's actually quite long so I've decided to split it into two and we'll play part one this week and part two next week. So that's the main part of the episode where I would like to, as always, just mention a number of people. I asked in last week's episode where I could spend some of the dark months of winter and if you remember I suggested some of the places I'd like to visit or revisit in the weeks ahead. So I just wanted to mention a number of people have joined the Passing Places podcast group and Vic and Elizabeth Mackay, they joined the group and they mentioned Gearlock as a, a great place to visit and that's certainly if you're prepared to put the effort in and drive up to the northwest coast. I've been through Gearlock a few times this year and it's a great place to, to visit. Very quiet at this time of year and the scenery is spectacular. It's a really great place to visit. Plenty of little places that will still be open but you're in that very remote, spectacular highland scenery so well recommended and they both mentioned Glen Africa as well and I picked up on Glen Africa I think in the couple of episodes ago when I was talking about the jewel in the crown in terms of the autumn colours so if you can get yourself up to Glen Africa if you're coming up from the south you go up the side of Loch Ness and the drum the drocket take a left and head for Carrick and then continue on that single track road and you'll find Glen Africa, a wonderful place and Keith Benson another new member on the Passing Places podcast group he also mentioned He's thinking of coming up to Scotland in the next few weeks and Loch Carn was on his agenda and that's in the same area as Gearloch. So certainly recommended. And also Jules Partridge. Jules Partridge has made contact with me on Facebook and he loves that northwest corner as well. He was sharing one of one or two little secrets with me. And uh, that's the, the beauty of the northwest coast. You can escape the crowds even in the summer because it's such a long way for most people. So if you want to share a few secrets, uh, get into the Passing Places podcast group and uh, don't go podcasting these secrets around the globe. (laughs) I also wanted to mention Rob Grant for posting pictures of Moffat. I mentioned Moffat in last week's episode and he put in some good photographs of the town and also confirmed that the campsite is uh, a good site to stay on. So... I'll definitely take myself down to Moffat at some point uh, over the next few months. Leigh Robinson, or Lee Robinson, not sure how you say that, but she's joined the Passing Places group as well, and she mentioned Grunard Bay, just south of Ullapool. Again, if you're heading up to that northwest corner, a fantastic place to visit. So the northwest corner seems to be winning most of the votes at the moment. And Martin Bennett, who's another 
newcomer to the Passing Places podcast group, he mentioned a little place that I hadn't uh, come across before, a place called Scalomi. It's a small fishing, uh, crofting hamlet just on the edge of the Kyle of Tongue, I suppose on the eastern side. And as you're coming along that road along the, the north coast towards Tongue, I think there's a little single track road takes you down. And at one time it would have been a busy little fishing community. Uh, probably most of that has disappeared. But if you're looking for a very remote spot, it sounds like the little road down there, if you can get down in your van, would be a good place to stop. And as I always say, the north coast is the place to be if there's the chance of the northern lights being out. So thanks for that, Martin. And finally, I wanted to mention Andrew Warnock, who's another regular listener. In fact, I've got a couple more, actually. Andrew was talking about the... Uh, put me onto a website about astronomy or a Facebook page, The Travelling Telescope. So have a wee look at that uh, Facebook page and like it or follow it if you're interested in astronomy. But I'm indebted to Andrew for mentioning a place called Pucks Glen, which is not far from Dunoon. If you know your Cowell Peninsula, there's a the road, I think it's the 815, heads up from Sandbank, up the side of Loch Eck and picks up on the Inverary Road or often I'll be coming the other way, I'll be coming south, down to Warsdenen. And I've passed this uh, walk a number of times, but I've never actually stopped. And I had a little look online, and it looks really fantastic. When I mentioned last week the big burn walk at Galsby, it's the similar idea. You've got a, a very narrow gorge with waterfalls and pools in the river, and it's crisscrossed by bridges and steps, and it just sounds magical. And the more I looked online, the more I realised that it's one of these absolute gems of a little walk in the Cowell Peninsula. And you can also pick up other trails from the car park. So thanks for that, Andrew. That's a really good one. And I'm definitely going to check that out and I'll make a little recording when I'm down there. Mary Adsma is also a regular listener and she'd mentioned uh, over in the Mullican Tyre, the ruins of Saddle Abbey, which is on the on the quiet single track road down towards Carradale. So when you're heading down past the ferry for um, Isla at um, Craig, you take the left as if you're going over to pick up the ferry for Loch Ranza and Arne. And then you, you can take a right, which takes you down a single track road. And you can follow that whole way down to Carradale and ultimately to Cameltown and back up the other side of the mull. So there's uh, some ruins down there called Saddle Abbey. And I was down there a few times on my motorbike last year, but uh, I'll need to check that one out as well, Mary. And you, you also talked about Skipton Castle. And Skipton's one of my favourite places for well camping. So when you come over that little road towards the um, ferry for Loch Ranza, instead of taking the right down to Saddle Abbey and Carradale and Loch Gilpet, Campbelltown, you take a left and just a uh, couple of miles along that little road you'll come to the small village of Skipton and the castle and that's well worth a visit. Uh, lovely views over to Arne on a good day so thanks for that Mary and thanks for continuing to listen. And then finally, finally I wanted to just highlight a chap called Jeff Reed, who I've made contact with online and Jeff is living full time in his van in America and he runs a Facebook page and a YouTube channel. Uh, you can find links on the 
Passing Places podcast group. It's called Road Warriors 360. And Jeff's hoping to build up a network of like-minded people across the world who enjoy the the travelling lifestyle. So if you want to nip onto YouTube, he's got one or two really excellent videos which explains his position and his lifestyle and what he's hoping to achieve. So have a little check out of Jeff's links on the Passing Places podcast group. So let's get into the, the main topic of this week's episode and it's the discussion with Joyce and Carlo over in uh, Massachusetts and uh, I had a great chat with them on Skype the other night and I think the interview ended up being something like 47 minutes and I've been scratching my head for a day or two whether to put the whole interview in and I think it would probably be better and do it justice if we split it into two parts so I'll play you the first part which takes you through their journey up to the island of Skye and then next week we'll play the second part as part of next week's episode so sit back and have a listen to Joyce and Carlo they're they're great uh, great company and they'll tell you all about their uh, adventures in Scotland and then I'll come back to you um, and we'll complete the episodes from there I mean, maybe the best thing is just to welcome you onto the podcast and and maybe start off by asking you, how did you first think about uh, Scotland as a vacation destination? Okay, I guess I should probably start. Um, I, I thought about it first, um, and and I, we had been there before, actually, but we had only gone to Edinburgh and St. Andrews, and that was part of a three-day trip in Scotland. Um, we had three days in England and then we took the train up to Scotland. But all my life, I've always wanted to go to the Highlands. So um, I don't know. We were watching. How do we like this particular time why I said I wanted to go again? Because I've always been thinking about it. Well, we were, were we watching um, Monica of the Glen? Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> we were watching that. And I said, no, no, no. I think we were watching Brave. Oh, brave. Brave, yeah. My nephews were into it. I said, we watch it. And, that, and, and it was almost like, oh, I miss Scotland. I forgot, I, you know, that that's been part of, um, that's always been something that I wanted to do. And I said, we really got to start planning a trip to Scotland again. And this time, do it right. Um, and then we started, like, watching Monarch of the Glen to get us ready for it. And that's how we ended up wanting to go So how, back. how long ago did you start planning? Was it months ago or last year or... No, I think it was January. Right. January. Yeah. Yep. I booked everything in January. Yeah. this year. And how long since you were here the last time you said you'd been over in St. Andrews and places? Yeah. Um, uh, that was about 15. Oh, 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> I had been in Scotland in 1976. Without me. That was wife number one. And I was, dri- <laughs> I was you know, I did the driving I did the driving then. I did England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. And I remember um, in 1976, Scottish people were telling me they wanted to secede from England. So I wasn't surprised when I heard it this time, but it's actually going to be a referendum. Uh, But they've always had had that in their minds. It's a big big year next year. Mm, Next September, I see that. 
And then, so was, sorry, Joyce. I was say, when, Scott, when Carlo went back then in the 70s, he, he actually had been up in, in Inverness and, you know, up in the Highlands, but he didn't see it the same way that he saw it when I went with him because he had only gone to Inverness and I think to like Lock- Ab- Aberdeen. Aberdeen, which is not the Highlands, but, mm-hmm. you know, Inverness certainly is up, up past that, you know, in that area. And then I think he went to Loch Ness. I went. I went by Loch Ness. By Loch Ness, yeah. but he didn't go anywhere near to the places. Nothing where we like went. what we did this time. Yeah, you didn't go right over to the west and over to Sky and places. Well, no, you didn't, you didn't the first time. No, no, I didn't do that the first time. And before we talk about your holiday, tell me how did you find out about passing places, the podcast? Um, I think well because. You know, I get obsessed with stuff. And so because I knew I was going to be going to Scotland, I said, well, let me find something. I know there's got to be podcasts about Scotland. It's a podcast about everything. Um, So I just did a search on iTunes for the for I I just put in Scotland and I think a few things came up. um, But um, nothing really that was around tourism or just about sort of like a, uh, a variety of things about the, the culture, the places, um, traveling around if you were tourists. So then yours came up and I said, oh, this, I looked at the description and I said, oh, this will be good because it's a person who's living there and it's about his travel. So as a tourist, I'm probably going to learn something from this. Good. And then, then you got in touch with me at some point. Was that shortly after you started listening or sometime um, later or? I think it was um, when I when I when I decided to message you individually or uh, yeah because I was putting things on your pot on your Facebook podcast um, page and then I messaged you maybe about a month or two before we were going to go to ask you to look at my itinerary yeah my itinerary (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah but I have been posting things on the page. Um, all along. So you hadn't really uh, booked anything for the duration. You just had a rough idea of where you would go over towards the west and northwest, or yeah, I don't think I don't think I did. I book yeah because I was complaining to you about how this felt really weird to me not to have booked like at least the, like the first few nights when we got there. I knew in my mind where I wanted to go, and I knew the route. And everything, but I hadn't booked anything ahead of time. And usually, we at least booked the first night. And originally, we were going to book a night in Glasgow and spend yeah. a, you know a day in Glasgow. But it ended up we didn't even do that. We left Glasgow right away from the airport and drove up to uh, Inverary. Yeah. So and then from so we just kind of made um, reservations for our next place. Um, while we were still at the place we were staying. Right. And, you know, that's a, I don't know if we could have done that if we had gone in the summer, <laughs> you know, when it was the height mm-hmm. of tourist season. Um, but when we went, it was, you know, things were pretty much um, any, anywhere we wanted to stay. And in town, <clears throat> there were um, they were um, open. There were there was availability. Yeah. So. But I had a general idea, you know, where we wanted to go. Um, I knew we were going to be mostly in the West, West Highlands and over in Sky. So I had in the back of my mind some ideas about 
which um, towns we might stay in. But I didn't know for sure until we got there. And I communicated with you during the trip through Facebook. And I was asking you tips on like, okay, what about this place? And here's what I'm thinking. And, you know, that was really helpful. And then you gave me some feedback. I love technology. It's a totally different experience when you're traveling now. Changing the world, isn't it? In many ways, the speed of communication, the way you can reach out to people. Mm, I know. I mean, look at us. We're here. We're sitting on our couch in Sutton, Massachusetts, um, (laughs) and you're in Sterling, right? Yeah. So. And see, when you arrived in Glasgow, I'm thinking about Carlo here, this whole challenge of the the driving, because in the States, <laughs> you drive on the, the other side of the road and you drive automatic cars, presumably, most of the time. Yes. So almost almost everything here is automatic. It's difficult to find a, a standard shift, a manual transmission. Yeah. It's almost the opposite, because I think it's difficult to find a, uh, an automatic in Scotland. Yeah, automatic. I guess. I think they're, I mean, I did automatic for a while. They're they're probably becoming more popular. Um, I've switched between the two, but the majority of cars are still manual. Mm. Yeah. That, that manual comes in handy, though, when you're driving those mm. narrow roads. Well, I'm not speaking from experience. Carlo did the driving, but right when you mm. when you prefer to have that manual oh, yeah. on the on the um, Apple Cross road, <laughs> the road to Apple Cross. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the road to hell and back. <laughs> yeah, you're rushing our way ahead now. <laughs> but you went up to uh, Baloch, just at the south side of the lock, and you went out on a little cruise to begin with. Was that quite good, or was the weather unkind? Or? Um, Baloch, oh, you know what? Actually, the weather we thought was going to be a problem, and then it was just windy that day, but um, it, it rained later after we got off the boat, but... Um, while we were on the boat, it was just windy, um, and it was cool. But it it was. I mean, we were out on the boat, so um, and we went out on the deck uh, for a couple of times, so it wasn't so so bad. Was it? And quite, it, it was a nice, quite was enjoyable. Nice. Was, hmm? it, was it quite enjoyable? Yeah, I think so. Did you enjoy? Which it? one are we talking about? The Embalic at the um, on on um. Um, Loch Lomond. Loman. Oh yeah, that was very nice. Yeah. <laughs> and then you no, we were very lucky with the weather because with the rain that we had, it was interspersed, and we were always able to go and do everything we wanted to do. We never got rained out of anything. Yeah. yeah most of the time, it was sunny actually the, the then, whole weeks. And then you headed over to Helensburg partly to try and source a phone, but <laughs> yeah, you, you ended up going up the side of Loch Long, which is a nice road. Yes, yeah, and yeah. The rest of me thankful and Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the rest of rest of me thankful. That was a trip. Yeah, that was that was a scary ride, but I didn't know that things would get worse. <laughs> yeah. That's one of our better roads, the road up the rest of me oh, thankful. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well we we weren't expecting well, I could understand it. the rest and be thankful part, especially the be thankful. I was really thankful when, when I, that was over. <laughs> but it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. That that um, that was our first day, really. First full, day. yeah. It was our first day. Yeah, we, it was actually. We, I started driving at eight thirty from the Glasgow airport, 
And I dri- drove until maybe six o'clock at night. Yeah, well, we stopped in Balak and took the cruise and then and then mm. we get. But, you know, someone said to us, I think it was our host, Marge, um, at the um, B&B in Inverary, where we stayed the first night. She said, yeah, it's nice to sort of plan out where you're going. Um, but some of the best and I'm paraphrasing, but basically she was saying some of the best places she's found in Scotland and in other places, just like she stumbled on it, don't have, you know, these fixed plans. And we, we were not expecting to go to Helens, is it Helensburg or Helensburg. We just were over on a chase for a phone, on a chase for a phone. And while we were there, over there, my GPS, um, I had plugged in Inverary um, initially, right? That's where we were going to go after Ballot. So when we were in Helensburg, I said, okay, we're going to go to Inverary, and it sent me up that road along Loch Long, yes. uh, and then into that other route, and then through the the rest and be thankful. I kept calling that rest and be faithful. I don't know why. I don't know why I wanted to say that. Some sort of a Freudian thing, rest and be uh, <laughs> faithful. Maybe because it's like that one, one faithful day, that one faithful ride. <laughs> so... And yeah. then you, you spent the first uh, night, but a couple of nights in Inverary, is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Two nights in Inverary. Beautiful. We had a great time in Inverary. It did rain one day there. It poured, actually, but we were seeing the castle that, the day that it rained. It's a so. nice town. It gets a little bit too busy in the summertime, but you arrived at a good time of year. Yeah. And your weather was reasonably good to you, so... It's mm-hmm. a good place to be. And you had a really nice uh, bed and breakfast for the two nights. Oh, Very nice. yes. Very uh, yeah. Nice. And then the, the B&B host, Marge, she said, now, don't think that every B&B in Scotland is going to have a room this size. She had a huge, we had a huge room with a king size bed. And... um Couch. Yeah, and we had a beautiful view of um, what is what's the lock lock, lock the lock fine lock, lock yeah fine, yes. yeah the the view of lock fine. She was sitting up on a hill, and we had a view from our room. Um, and she's right; that was the biggest room, the biggest bed that we had the whole two weeks. And we're used to sleeping in a king size bed at home, so. Um, after being at that at Marge's place, and then from there it was full size. I'm like, how do people sleep in a full? Two people sleep in a full size bed, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But yeah, it was she. That was a lovely place. And so, and mm-hmm. so was good. I mean, I I arrived in Inverary on the Wednesday evening, but you'd headed off on right. the Wednesday morning for Fort William, I think. Yes, and I yeah, and I really because you were meeting um, Katrina. Yes. Yes, and I wanted to meet her. She was keen to catch up with you as well. So yeah, yeah. Another time. I, want, I know, I know. Another time. Hopefully, when the exchange rate's better for us. <laughs> <laughs> so, see, when you were heading over to um, up towards Glencoe, did you pass Kilchurn Castle, the old ruined castle? Yes. At yes. the end of, at least end of Loch Awe. Yes, we did. I think I posted a picture of yeah. that. Remember yeah. Kilcorn Castle? I wasn't expecting that either, Kevin. That's, I didn't know about that castle. I, uh, we just like, oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, that's one of my favorite uh, stops there. And then you, you liked Fort William? 
Oh, sorry, oh, Glenn Cole, you I forgot. Liked Fort William a lot. Yeah, yeah. Very I was, nice. Yeah, I was just going to say before we talk about Fort Williams, yeah, that Kilcorn Castle, can you go inside? We just went and took pictures. We didn't, I don't know if that was open. I've never okay. actually wandered over. I've seen people over there uh, camping and I've seen people picnicking, so oh. I think you can wander around the... The, the ruins, but it looks relatively unsafe. I don't know what condition the, oh. <laughs> the stone works in. Okay. So I'll maybe look into that one year. Yeah. No, Carla loved Fort William. I did too. In I Gl- loved- and before Fort William, you were in through Rannoch Moor and Glencoe, and yeah, that's quite spectacular. And you managed to get a little bit of blue sky. Oh yeah, we had we had beautiful blue sky. Remember, but it was um, when we got out of the car, it was very windy. But that it didn't matter because. I mean, it was cold because we were up high, but I mean, you saw the pictures and people kept saying to me that you don't always see the three peaks. I think it's three, right? Yeah, the three sisters. That, that, three sisters, yeah. They're not always clear because of the, the weather. And um, we were lucky. It wasn't like that when we came back through Glencoe. It was all fog. Yeah, um, you did quite well to see the, the summits. Mm-hmm. Yep. Really nice. And Ronick Moore, I mean, I just, that seems kind of spooky, you know. The, it's, it's quite just, a wild expanse of uh, moorland and bog and small lochens and lochs. And it's, uh, it's a very special place, but yeah, very exposed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It seemed like a good setting for a Sherlock Holmes mystery. I feel as if <laughs> I was driving behind you because one of the good things... Uh, was that you kept putting your photographs onto the Passing Places group on Facebook, so we were all tracking your daily <laughs> I routine. <laughs> I know. it. People in the States were too. When I got home, people said, we were following your adventures on yeah. Facebook. And, and a woman said to me on Sunday after at church, she says, you know, social media is so cool because – you know, you posted all those pictures of Scotland, and Scotland wasn't even on my radar. Now I'm going to have to take a look at Scotland. I said, good. good. So, so how did you get on in Fort William? Did you stay for one night or two nights? or Two nights. We were going to stay, only stay one night, and we decided we were rushing things, so we stayed a second night. Yeah. And did you like I the town? I enjoyed the town. They have the, they have the street closed off. You can walk around in the street without tra- traffic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I uh, worked in Fort William for five years. Oh, yeah, you did say that, yeah. So I had an office in the high street. <laughs> oh. So. We had a lovely dinner in Fort Williams with a couple we met. Um, um, they were from Chicago, actually, and we were standing out in front of a, a pub that was going to have live music. I said to Carlo, I have got to go to a, is it a Cayley? Is that yes, how you pronounce a Cayley, it? yeah. Yeah, I said, I've got to do that. And, then, mm-hmm. and I had seen that there was one, there was going to be one at this pub. Um, I'd seen it earlier in the day. So we went down to, to that pub in the evening and there was no place to sit. It was packed. And so we left and we were standing out in front trying to figure out where we were going to go. And there was a couple there from Chicago. We just started talking and they found, we found out they were from Chicago. So we went with them to have dinner at a... What's the, what kind of restaurant was that? Yeah, but they serve venison. Yeah, well, Very everybody good. does. <laughs> good. Yeah. So that was nice to have dinner with them. And then after Actually, Fort it was right near the museum. It was up the hill from the museum, that little alleyway where the museum is. The, the museum. Is it Little Highland Folk Museum? Or? Yes, yeah, that yeah. was good. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a good museum. Yeah. yeah. That was very interesting. 
Was it we enjoyed that. Free entry? Mm-hmm. Free entry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Well, you, they asked for a donation, but I mean, it was free. Yeah. Yeah. We made a donation. Yeah. It was good. And then you headed off towards Malig and through Glenfinnan. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Glenfinnan is a, well, that is a monument there, Carl, and that was across from that that train. Oh, that, right, uh, right. Yeah, the viaduct. That, yeah, the viaduct. Yeah, the viaduct. Yeah. Harry Potter. Yes, and I posted that on my Facebook page, yes. and I said, um, train to Hogwarts. Yeah. Everybody knew what that was. Well, we saw the train. Yes. You saw we the saw steam train, yeah? We had a picture of it. We were, people were chasing it. There were, there were a, In cars. There were about a half a dozen cars chasing that down the road trying to get pictures of it. We saw the, the tail end of it. You know, we saw the last few cars and the smoke from it. What a cool train, huh? That is yeah. so cool. Loved I it. I think it goes by at 9.30 in the morning or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, you could take the train. If you didn't have a hire car, you could take the train to Fort William from the Central Belt and then take the steam train to Malig and come back again. Oh, yeah. I think we met someone who was doing that. Um, yeah. 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 In fact, that train, there's a sleeper train. Uh, I'm not sure if it's still running, but you can take the train the whole way from uh, Fort William down to London. Wow. So people do it as an overnight sleep. Oh, I bet that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Next time. Fort William to London. That's wow. a long, yeah, well, that's why it's a sleeper yeah, train. Yeah. 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 It must, that's got to be a nice trip. If you get the weather and the views out the carriages, it's good, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you, you went straight through Malig, did you, onto the ferry? Yeah, Malik was a surprise, actually. Malik was a surprise to me. I thought it was just going to be, you know, a little... Well, it is a small town, but I, I didn't think it was going to be that just quaint-looking, at least the, the area where, you know, around the downtown. It was quaint. We, you know, we got out, we walked around, we took pictures, we sat and we had some coffee. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, Before we got on the ferry. Yeah, uh-huh. It was we, we used to have a really large uh, fishing fleet in Malig and the whole village of the town was built on the back of the fishing boats and that uh, has disappeared over many years. Oh. So if you'd arrived um, 30, 40 years ago, you would have found, uh, I don't know, many boats were in the fleet. I'm guessing uh, probably 100 boats or more, but it was a wow. very, very busy fishing harbour. And uh, that's all, well, not totally gone. There's a few boats still there, but they're restricted to what they can catch certain times of the year so the entire fishing industry has been contracting really dramatically over the years a lot of the community still have a background in fishing huh they're restricted to what they can catch even in the like all in the open waters yeah it's all part of the european union regulations about fishing policy and oh Mm -hmm. and what did you think of the caledonian mcbrain ferry over to sky Oh, go ahead. You say something about that. Go. Well, I, I enjoyed that ferry. That was oh, that was very, very, um, very good compared to the ferries here. And in, in, we have a ferry in Cape Cod that goes over to Martha's Vineyard, and that ferry in Scotland was much, much better. Oh my God! It was like a night and day. It was like you know, our ferry was like 
18th century compared to this 21st century ferry, the Malik ferry. I mean, I mean, it's just it's, it was really I, plush too, as far as we were concerned. Oh yeah, the decor was up to date. I mean, it was the only thing it didn't have was wireless. But I guess some of the Caledonia McBrag, Mc, what is it, Mc, McBrag, McVeigh, yeah, ferries do, yeah, have have wireless, right? Some of them do, um, but this one didn't. But it was. It was like, I mean, it's night and day compared to um, our ferries. I think some of the ferries are quite old, but what they do is they maintain them well in terms of the paintwork in particular. So they're always repainting so that the colors are very vibrant, the the black and white and red. It's always well maintained. Yeah. And then you arrived at uh, Armadale on Sky and headed, where did you head to in Sky that day? So thanks, Carlo, and thanks, Joyce. That was fantastic. Really good to catch up with you. And we had video as well as audio. And your dogs were really well behaved, as was Skid. So the sound and audio quality was uh, good enough for the podcast. And uh, as I say, we'll play the second part next week. And I really do hope that you get back to Scotland at some point in the next year or two. And uh, we can take it from there. So uh, next week, part two. So thanks again, Joyce and Carlo. So just to bring this episode to a close, the other thing I just wanted to mention was in the last, I think the last week we've started to get our first genuine frosts of the year. So if you have a caravan or a motorhome or a camper van, you really need to uh, have your wits about you in terms of winterising your van. And it's a bit of a nightmare for me because if you were just uh, putting your van away for the, the winter, you would empty all your water tanks and leave your taps and everything uh, open so that uh, you'd know burst pipes. But I intend, as I did in January, February this year, to be out and about. And it's almost a dilemma. If I'm putting the van back for a day or two, do I have to empty all the tanks and effectively winterise the van? So I'll just have to run with that through the winter and uh, make the decisions on the hoof. And if you have one of these more expensive luxury motorhomes, I think the van automatically just vents all the tanks if the temperature gets below a a certain level. But uh, those vans are way outside my price range and ambition in the short term, and the long term for that matter. (laughs) So that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, Next week I'll have my van back. My van's still up in Perth in the garage. I should have it back tomorrow or Wednesday, and they'll be good to go. So I'm hoping to get off again and start ticking off these lists of places and ideas that people have given me for places to go. So in the meantime, and just before I say my normal closure, I'll add a little bit after the music. I've got another fantastic way of potentially a few people supporting the podcast. I can't really sustain this lifestyle for years on end without some form of income. And I've decided to do some web design work from the van and when I'm at bricks and mortar, so a good way for some individuals or small companies to support the podcast going forward is to offer me some work to develop and manage their websites, and in that way they're effectively sponsoring the entire Passing Places project, so if that's of any interest to you, once Mary Green's music's finished, I'll put a little bit on at the end. So remember to visit my new website, and you can 
catch the episodes there. You can also visit the video and image galleries. In future, I'll make sure all my videos are on the website, save you having to trawl through YouTube. And remember those affiliate links on the front page to Amazon and the little Amazon shop if you want to support the podcast in a small financial way. And also if you can leave me a review, if you do use iTunes or an iPad or an iPhone, and if you have tried Stitcher and you're using the Stitcher app, press that little thumbs up. So, hope to catch up with you one day on your travels around Scotland. And in the meantime, stay safe. And I'll play out with Myrie Green's music, her composition, Passing Places. Thank you. Now, if you're listening to this little section, you might be interested in getting some assistance to set up a website or for somebody to manage your website. So here's what I've been thinking about in terms of my medium to longer term plans about continuing to travel in my van. I've had lots of experience since the internet started of working with websites and setting up my own website. So if you're an individual or a, a group or maybe a small business and you're looking to start up a website or you're looking to completely revamp your website, perhaps you should get in touch and I can give you a very competitive quote. I don't intend to charge for designing, creating and setting up a website. My thought is just to do that for free, to do that for free as a gesture, but to ask for a a regular small monthly amount to allow me to manage the website. And there's lots of things that you need to have if your website is going to be effective. So I can manage search engine optimization. I can ensure all the security plugins are up to date and all the plugins that you need to run your website. All my websites run on WordPress, which is the best platform, I think, for creating websites. And there's something like 30,000 different plugins which allow you to manage security, but provide you with all the the bells and whistles you need, contact forums and image galleries and all sorts of widgets to run Twitter feeds and all these sorts of things. So I can do all that for you. I can do backups on a daily basis. I can add content for you. I can jointly manage access to the website if you want to update your own content. So these are all things I can do for probably a relatively small number of people, but it'd be a way for me to maintain a small income and in turn you would be in effect sponsoring the whole Passing Places podcast project so if you're interested just uh, drop me a line best way to contact me is feedback at bonnytours.com and if you pop onto the website I've added a, a menu button at the top of the site which says web design and in the next few days I'll add a couple of sites which I currently manage to give you an idea of Uh, what I'm currently doing, as well as my own website has been completely built and managed by myself to date. So that's just a thought. And if you're interested, get in touch. Thank you.